Welcome to the World Trade webcast. I'm Greg Sandler, president of thinkglobal.com, the B2B marketplace for global trade leads. This week on the World Trade webcast, we've been talking with Stephen Coprince, author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts, how to comply with the key rules and regulations, and avoid terminated agreements, fines, or worse, published by the American Management Association. Steve, a partner with the law firm of Pete Fish, Immel, Heeb, and Heard, is a small business and government contracts attorney. Steve, we've covered a lot of the nitty-gritty details of the government contracting landscape over the past four days. And today I thought we could underscore why it matters to pay attention to these details. So maybe we could talk about what some of the biggest risks are that are associated with government contracts. Obviously, uh, one of the major risks of non-compliance is non-award of a contract. Uh, you, you, if, for example, you bid on a contract, you claim to be a small business, uh, the SBA determines that you're not, well, you're not going to get that contract. Uh, but beyond that, there are uh, additional risks besides bidding on and not winning uh, contracts. Uh, non-compliance can lead to the government terminating an ongoing contract, for example. Um, there can also be uh, financial penalties associated with various types of non-compliance. You will see often, uh, probably increasingly so, recently the Department of Justice uh, applying fines, uh, prosecuting uh, cases under the uh, False Claims Act. Uh, there's even jail time uh, is, is possible. It doesn't happen very often, but for egregious violations, uh, for example, uh, people who are claiming to be service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses and never served a day in the military, well, some of those people end up in jail, and, and they probably should. But um, there, are, there are a number of risks out there, um, and folks really should be aware of them uh, when they're getting into this, this space. Clearly, as you just pointed out, uh, one of the fastest ways to running into trouble is going to be uh, not telling the truth to the government when you try and enter into an agreement with them. But what are some of the other best practices that uh, contractors can use for guarding against some of these pitfalls? Contractors should have uh, internal compliance systems. They should have an officer uh, or officers, depending on how large the company is, who's responsible for compliance, who's taking the lead on making sure that uh, in interactions with the government, uh, the contractor's not only telling the truth, which I think any uh, honest contractor will do, but is not negligently making misstatements. Um, and I think that that, uh, that same individual or individual should be responsible as well for helping ensure that the contractor has in place the appropriate uh, paperwork, for example, uh, subcontracts that have the, the correct flowdowns, um, teaming agreements that comply uh, with the rules, those sorts of things, um, and uh, to make sure that the contractor is abiding by um, the practices that it should with respect to uh, employment, non-discrimination, hiring and firing ethics, uh, those sorts of things. As you point out in the book, uh, the federal contracting is, is, a, is really big business, and, um, and clearly there's a motivation here uh, for contractors to understand what the rules and regulations are. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit more about why contractors are willing to put up with all this red tape and regulation. Well, and, and they are. Uh, contractors, and in many cases, are willing to put up with it, and, and I think it's because the government market uh, can be a very good one. Uh, the government, in many ways, is a great customer. Uh, it doesn't run out of money. Uh, well, I mean, depending on who you ask at Congress. But it, it does pay its bills. Uh, the, go the government will pay its bills. Um, it's often uh, you know, an, an honest broker, someone you can deal with and, and, uh, and feel like you got a, a fair shake. Um, 
and and if you do it right, uh, there are a lot of opportunities out there for small businesses, particularly um, with respect to set aside contracts, socioeconomic programs, even sole source contracts that may not really be available in the commercial marketplace, where the smallest contractor uh, may be competing uh, with a multi-billion-dollar company for the same piece of commercial work. So there are many reasons why companies get into government contracting that are really positive reasons. A lot of companies have had very positive experiences uh, dealing with the government, but it is a highly, regu highly regulated marketplace. There's a lot of red tape, there are a lot of pitfalls, uh, and that's why uh, people like me have jobs. <laughs> well, thanks, Steve. And again, the book is The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts, and we've been talking all week about the federal government contracting landscape with attorney Stephen Coprince. He's the author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts, published by the American Management Association. The book is available on Amazon or from your local bookstore. Uh, to contact Steve, you can uh, connect with him on LinkedIn or you can visit his firm's website, which is PeteFishLaw.com. And Steve, thanks again for sharing all this great information with us this week. Well, thank you very much uh, for having me, Greg. It's been a real pleasure. Likewise. And please join us on Monday as we start a week-long discussion with Stephen Bloom, the author of Negotiating Your Investments. And for our latest schedule of upcoming Think Global webcasts, subscribe to us with any of the links below and bookmark this page. All of our previous webcasts are available right here at thinkglobal.com webcast. And thanks for watching.